my family and I refer to ourselves as chameleons because we can sort of blend in wherever we are and we're very reflective in how we speak and how we mirror people. It's very much that empath trait that runs in the family. So I just use that for my business as well. And it's really interesting what you can actually pick up chatting to someone at least virtually face-to-face versus something like email. Hello and welcome. Mentoring with Geraldine is a bite-sized practitioner podcast for naturopaths, nutritionists, herbalists, and practitioners. This podcast responds directly to your needs, the needs of the practicing natural therapist. With interviews, herbal discussions, something business, and something clinical each week, you'll get the variety you need and enjoy to stay motivated in practice. I have got Samantha Gemmell here with me today and she is brilliant. Do you know what she does? She makes sure that we can say what we need to say as healthcare practitioners to our clients and she helps us out with that. So Samantha, can you please introduce yourself and tell us quite a bit about yourself that's extended beyond that little bio I just gave? (laughs) Absolutely and thank you so much for having me. So I am actually a qualified nutritionist by trade. But when I first sort of came out into the practitioner world, I went about it all the wrong way. And I actually hemorrhaged $10,000 in three months of running myself a clinic. So Ouch. Uh, I, I did not half-ass it. I went all the way, went all in and went about it all the wrong way. And it was actually from that that I started to explore the world of content, blogging, and then marketing as well. So now marketing is my baby it's something i can talk about all day every day just ask anyone who knows me (laughs) so it's now my job to help practitioners find a way of marketing that is simple effective and works to their strengths and their own limitations because not everyone wants to be doing facebook live or instagram reels or joining clubhouse and i'm all about finding what works for you it's fantastic. I mean, I can't blog. I can't. I have to write things every so often. And I can write a workbook, but to write a blog, that is like actually, I don't know, pulling out my toenails or something. It's just an impossibility for me. Whereas going on a Facebook Live, so easy. I can get on there and I can chat for hours. So when you're working with someone to make sure that they're going to get you know, what they need to market their business, how do you go about it? How do you start that process? Because We've got lots of listeners who are new to business and they're looking for people like yourself who help them out with this. But, you know, what's the best sort of way not only to just find someone, because I found you, I found Sam on the podcast, but when they ask those questions, what are the questions you want to be hearing from people when you first meet them? Absolutely. And I often have people come to me saying that they've heard from other business coaches and marketing coaches especially in the wider world outside of just the healthcare profession, telling them that their business is absolutely going to fail if they don't do this one thing. Sometimes it is something like an Instagram reel or TikTok. Sometimes it's really complex like sales funnels and email marketing. But then other coaches then say that email marketing is dead and you have to get someone's phone number and text them constantly in order to get a connection and to convert people into clients. So I often have people coming around and saying, Sam, do I have to do this one thing 
in order to make my business a success? And my answer is always, if it doesn't feel right for you, if it's something that feels like nails on a chalkboard, then the answer is absolutely no. Do not do that thing. Because people can pick up when you're really nervous about something and when you're really uncomfortable. And that's not always a bad thing when you're first starting out. I was absolutely terrible on things like Zoom and Facebook Live when I first started. It does take practice. But there are forms of marketing out there that I definitely wouldn't want to be doing. And there's probably forms out there that you don't want to be doing either. Geraldine, you've just said that that blogs are just not your thing. Not me. Yeah, exactly. I've, I've written half a dozen in my life and I have paid others to write blogs for me because it's just not me. It's not what I want to be doing or where I'm at. And the way I am, I want people who are responsive to what they hear and see from me because then we'll gel better. And that's just it, isn't it? People go, you know, if people are reading blogs, they're more likely to go and see you because that's where they're coming from as well. That's where their base understanding is rather than the listening or the watching and the seeing. So you're aligning immediately with your client because you're doing the thing you enjoy and that you're good at. Absolutely. So, so when we start doing this and we look at our marketing and we go, okay, I don't know where to start. We find the thing we like doing, number one. Then what do we do next? Where do we go next in your eyes? So that is where we bring in one of my favorite words in the entire marketing world, consistency. We cannot magically convert 50 clients from our first Facebook Live. We cannot show up once on social media and then vanish into the nether realm for three months and expect our business to thrive. You need to be consistent in order to build up your reputation in whatever it is that you want to be working on. Yeah, totally. And consistency is something that, you know, you might want to say I'm a Libra, so I'm not very good at that consistency thing. I'll blame my star sign rather than myself. <laughs> um, but little things, I put, I have timers in my phone. I have them in my calendar. Time to do my Facebook Live. Time to go into Strictly Education Sports. Time to go and do those things. It's like doing your tax. You've got a time, you've got a date. People, you've got a date. And it means that you can be consistent with these other things, especially if you enjoy them. Then once you've got this piece of content, you've written that blog, that amazing blog that I will never write, that amazing blog that someone else, that, that you have all written, that listeners have written, what can they do with that one blog? So much. I always say that the key to marketing is to create really juicy forms of content, whether it be blogs, podcasts just like this, videos, even things like workshops. And then you pick it to pieces. It's like roasting a whole chicken and then making the most of that entire chicken. You need to make the most of every single bit of nourishment that is in that blog. A blog can be shared to social media once and people usually kind of nail that. But you can pull tips out of it. You can ask questions based on that topic. You can also repost it any time in the future because statistically speaking, less than 10% of people on socials are actually going to see it the first time you put it up. So if you're posting at different times of day or even on different days of the week in three months' time, completely different people are going to see it and they are going to read it. It'll repurpose that content over and over. I mean, the, with a the blog, you've got your heading is a pretty picture to start with, isn't it? Because it's only a few words. 
to create that heading. It's not huge long sentences in your heading. So you've immediately got a picture for your Instagram. You can put a different background on it and you've got a picture for your Facebook. So, and a different background on it again and you've got a picture for your Pinterest. And then they can all be linked back to that blog that if it was mine, no one would want to read. But <laughs> so how, you know, it's the, because you write for people. And so when you, um, you've contacted me before, because you said somebody's doing this, that and the other thing, and what can we do? And how can I answer those questions for that person? So when you're writing for someone, how do you get into their voice? How is it that you can find their voice when you're blogging for them? Yeah. Or writing for them. Well, the first thing is, is that now that I've built up a really successful business around it, I do tend to be a little bit on the pickier side with who I work with. I first make sure that we really gel well together before we actually work together. So I offer free chat flyers and make sure that we actually work together before anyone hands over any money for it. And I also use Zoom. So my packages will always incorporate Zoom calls that I'll record. And that's almost where my family and I refer to ourselves as chameleons because we can sort of blend in wherever we are and we're very reflective in how we speak and how we mirror people. It's very much that empath trait that runs in the family. So I just use that for my business as well. And it's really interesting what you can actually pick up chatting to someone at least virtually face-to-face versus something like email. One of my ongoing clients is a dietitian and hypnotherapist, and her little quirk is she hates the word diet. So we cannot use diet in any of her blogs unless we're referring to a fad diet. But that's something I wouldn't be able to tell without actually talking to her. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? You have a discovery call, just like we all need to have discovery calls with our clients to make sure we're getting our ideal client. So you're getting your ideal client. You've now got this really successful business with this background in nutrition. And so you really know the industry and you really know the people that need your help. And um, so the diversity across what you do, it's not just blogs, is it? You're doing lots of other things for those people. I am doing lots of other things. So blogs was where I started um, and I completely tripped onto it accidentally. I found out one day that I could get paid to write blogs for other people rather than just promoting myself. And it just sort of uh, came from there and and turned into a business. Uh, But I also do social media. I do newsletters. And I'm also in the midst of creating some programs and courses and done-for-you marketing packages as well. So I kind of do it all. (laughs) Yeah, they really need it. Those done-for-yous are so handy. I mean, I've got a number of done-for-yous because they're just, like, it's super handy. You can just whip the information out when you're in that, when you're in a hurry or when you're just overwhelmed with everything and you need that little teaser that's going to start you off. Are done for you kind of um the words are just even the start of a sentence sometimes absolutely so there's nothing sometimes more paralyzing than a blank cursor <laughs> on a blank page oh totally paralyzing i mean you'll find things when you're reading a book but you know i i tend to find most of my inspiration when i'm out walking i walk every day and i get my inspiration when i'm walking and um But then I'm out walking and it's like, well, how can I remember that? So I'm using my voice recorder on my mobile because I have my mobile with me, of course. So I'm quickly voice recording things as I go. But 
I mean, this week I've had I've been doing everything at home. I've had to be home for all these various reasons. I haven't had time to go out walking. So this week it was back to those prompts. It was back to those done for yous. And um, you know, and I've done courses in the past as well. Not yours. I haven't created it yet. We're on task there now, Sam. There'll be lots of people contacting me going, "When's that course coming out?" <laughs> but it's the same. I mean, I've done those courses because we need. Once we know our modality, we keep up to date with that. But it's all this other business stuff that when you think about it, the colleges, yeah, fine, they didn't teach us anything. We learned how to grumble. But they also didn't have time to because we were learning everything else. Absolutely. So it's almost like you have to do a whole business and marketing degree on top of becoming the therapist you want to be. And who's got the time, the energy, or the money for that? And it's not what they want to do. So. Being able to, you know, you're on Facebook quite a lot and there's, you have lots of snippets on there that we can make use of and we can catch up with you. So what is the one biggest tip that you'd like to get? I should have asked you this right at the beginning so you were all prepared. But what is the biggest tip that really you think is just going to help all the listeners, you know, today when they're, whatever day they happen to be listening to it? Um, what's one really big tip that you'd like to share with the listeners? I really do think it's overly complicated these days because you look at the big names out there and it seems like they're everywhere. And I'm completely guilty of this. And just a little FYI, that's honestly because we re repurpose everything we can. But it just seems like, you know, everyone is everywhere all the time. And a lot of people get overwhelmed because they think that they need to be everywhere all of the time. And that is absolutely not the case. My number one tip is to find one or two forms of marketing. I usually say one that's social media and one that's something like a blog, a newsletter, something like that, that isn't owned by Facebook or Instagram. Yeah. And stick with those and just make sure that they are where your ideal clients are hanging out as well. If you want to be working with women who are 60 plus, please don't hang out on Instagram because they're not on Instagram. I actually looked that up for a client of mine because she was getting nowhere with it. And it's because less than 10% of the people on Instagram are over 60. So I really do recommend finding one or two things, doing it consistently, getting into the routine, just keep doing it and do it at the pace that suits you. I don't care if Instagram says that you need to be on there five to seven times per week. If you can only do two mm. or three, that is better than doing nothing at all. So find a routine that works for you and stick with it. And then once you've gotten used to that, then you can have a look at something new. Then you can play with something new, a different channel, a different way of marketing. But really keep it simple because when you keep it simple, it's a lot more achievable. It's a lot more consistent and it's a lot more likely to reach your ideal client. So routines and consistency are the big thing. So I do have to say that my mother is one of that 10%. She's 92 and she's on Instagram. <laughs> so, <laughs> but that's because I think it's the only social media my younger sister will allow her. Um, so <laughs> but you're absolutely right. I mean, the men are on there and I think men are on there a lot more. And when I talk with my girlfriends, their husbands are all on there looking at the same things. So I think it's the younger woman and there's lots of blokes on there, but yeah, it's not the older women that are out there. They're but they're more likely to be at your local library, your over 60-year-old woman. 
And so if you can get into your local library with, you've got the blog, and from the blog you've created the workshop, and from the workshop you can create the talk, or whatever it is, and you can go somewhere like the library, where you're going to find that over 60-year-old woman. Absolutely. And another good way to repurpose a blog is to print a copy out, laminate it, and pop it into your clinic so that when people are sitting there, instead of reading, you know, terrible magazines, they can actually educate themselves. Totally. And being laminated, of course, we can clean it, whereas magazines aren't really allowed in the waiting rooms right now. So that's an absolutely perfect way of putting something out about yourself and leaving them around. And I mean, the because things can't be left around, you might actually be able to leave those around at places that normally had magazines sitting out and about, Absolutely. like the um, hairdressers or wherever it is, the other you know shops that you were lying with. They may well allow a laminated um, you know, blog out. So that's a fantastic idea. I think we've got tons and tons of tips there, Sam. I'm so happy that you managed to find the time in amongst all those because you have got a lot on your plate and it, we did struggle to find the time when we were both able to podcast together. So it's been absolutely brilliant having you here on the Bite Size Podcast. Thank you so much for spending this time with us today. You're welcome. I always love talking about these things and I'm impressed that you managed to keep it so short with me because most people can't shut me up when it comes to marketing. <laughs> you were warned. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was. <laughs> It was absolutely brilliant having you, Sam. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for joining me today. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast for the weekly episodes. If you'd like even more support and learning, then the Academy is for you. Here you'll find part two of the herbal discussions, more clinical learning and case studies to support your clients in practice. Bye for now. <laughs>